Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Hello everyone, welcome to Drop Bear Gaming episode 40. What are we calling this? Because I kind of like the idea of it being the midlife crisis episode. How about one fat lady leaning on a fence? Um, I was never good at bingo. <laughs> so I'm joined, I'm joined of course by Lucas. <laughs> uh, by Tim. Hello, hello. And Susie. Hi. Uh, it's the full crew, as per is the norm for the last two episodes. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. three in a row. What's the thing for bingo with three? Is that a, is that a thing? Lucky three? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> how has everyone been going? I've been... Uh, I'm going to start. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask you all Whatever. myself. <laughs> I asked. Because it's a polite thing to do, and then I interrupt. <laughs> so, before anyone She's starts talking, perfect. I interrupt myself. <laughs> I bought a new PS3, guys. It's a, a new one with a slidey top. The top of it looks like the new. all the new PS3s, right? Well, all of them. There's a 12 gig and a 500 gig. The top of them are like ridged, kind of like a washboard, so you can use them when they're shit. You can use them to do your washing, which is nice. <laughs> or write a country song. Yeah, exactly. Just strum a a piece of something, whatever. Anyway. um, I was actually really surprised that they bought that again. I'm going to sing you a song about my broken PlayStation. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't come with a caddy. Um, So, anyway. No, before you do, before you go on, I was surprised that they did that because the other way they're made, basically, they they work better if you're laying them down on a table instead of standing them up like the old school way. And it's got a sliding lid from the top, so all the shit goes straight into it and then gets lodged inside your, you know, uber, super-duper bloody Blu-ray player. I, I reckon that you is fucking just, have it open. Well, you obviously don't have it open all that often, but, you know, if you've got a house, like our house gets a bit dusty, um, as per probably so most houses do. Like a fucking feral? <laughs> no, I like hoarding dust, okay? Fuck. Okay. Jesus. It's called dust, dust RS out the front. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah, so dust is going to land on top of it, and then when you slide it across, of course, it slides, is it underneath the top layer? So therefore, it just gets all pushed into the actual tray. I'll let you know in about two months when my dust collection fucks yeah, exactly. it Exactly. I mean, what the fuck are these people thinking? This is pretty smart. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. They're thinking we're gonna fucking announce the new PS3, the PS4 next year. Apparently, <laughs> rumor all. is rumor is they're gonna announce it just before E3, and then E3 will be the details, and then it'll probably, my guess is, Japan released by Christmas that year, and uh, all other regions January the year after, January or February the year after. So 2014 will most likely be when we get it, because. The smart idea is to release something in at Christmas time in a country that doesn't even celebrate Christmas <laughs> and then release it after Christmas when everyone's paying off their credit card debts in everywhere else. Yeah. So perfect. Marketing one oh one guys. See? Pay attention. Sliding tray. 
fucked up on marketing. What is happening? Anyway, so I bought a 12 gig because I thought, you know, I'm going to put a new hard drive in it anyway. So I bought a one terabyte hard drive, bought the 12 gig PS3 thinking, sweet, you can upgrade the hard drive. So I open it up and, oh no, there's no little caddy thing for you to sit your hard drive in. You have to buy it separately, which is not sold in Australia. Thank you, Sony, for that. Fucking <laughs> balls. So I put in my terabyte hard drive, packed it in with cardboard because that's what you do with this expensive equipment. You dodge it up. And of course, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> surprising that so you'd think an electrician would know but whatever well mate cardboard <laughs> is the answer to all your was it, problems <laughs> was it a, a like a reduced conducive uh, cardboard yeah highly Good. conducive <laughs> <laughs> anti-flammable anyway so awesome. it didn't work so I took all my cardboard out and I chucked the fucking hard drive back in it's anti-static bag to gain some of the dust that I have in my dust. I'm a bit disappointed about that. But fuck it. Who gives a shit at this point? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Wii U comes out next month or the end of this month, so maybe I'll just convert. Yeah, I can't see that happening. I can learn to love Mario, maybe. <laughs> Uh, anyone else want to, while we're on the FU segment, <laughs> does anyone have a fucking FU to send to anyone? Uh, I lost my bad, my badass ranks in Borderlands 2, but uh, that, that'll be fixed soon, so. How'd that happen? Oh, it's been happening to a lot of people. Reading in between the lines, I think it is. it was initially some security to stop people from tampering offline and then coming back online. So one thing that they sort of wrote in, I think, I suspect anyway, is to um, strip people of their badass rank and all their skins that they've unlocked. But yeah, unfortunately, it's been happening anyway. I actually got forced disconnected for the, the Xbox security patch, which was for another issue that we don't suffer from because we don't play with strangers. But apparently there was some, an exploit that some people were doing nasty things with, probably with laptops and, you know, squirrels and sacrificial knives, even though we don't have squirrels in Australia. So, I, feel yeah. like, I feel like forced disconnects are my favorite thing. About online gaming. Yeah. It, it, it just wasn't... I mean, obviously, this was a good security patch, but uh, it wasn't good when I rebooted and you know, I lost all my badass ranks. But they're going to fix it. So, that's good. That's right, they right, being man. Gearbox. Oh, yes. good. Yeah, I like, uh, I like Gearbox and their support by... of Well, of their games and whatnot. They're cool. Actually, if I was to to have a, a a say on this, I guess newfound segment, um, when Tim lost his badass ranks, we were it was just him and I playing. He got disconnected mid game. I was I was hosting. He got disconnected. He came back. Everything was gone. Um, I jumped off, went to the dashboard, then rebooted the game, downloaded the patch, and I was fine. So. The thing is, I've been following on Twitter uh, both Randy Pitchford and Gearbox in relation to it. Now, there's a lot of people that this has happened to. Um, one person that we know of, it's happened twice. And wow. just reading their timeline when it comes to 
people reporting these problems and they aren't even people really even getting their knickers in a twist. They're basically saying, oh, is this new patch um, responsible for losing it? And the I guess the way that they're responding to these questions, I personally think is really bad PR, um, even in the sense – because it's, it's – quite brash I'm finding when they're responding to it by saying a fix is in the works there's you know would there really be such harm in saying we're sorry that this has happened to you um or anything like that I just I think their whole handling of the situation is really quite atrocious um, and I'm getting a bit sick of Randy Pitchford tweeting or retweeting cosplay pictures of people at Halloween rather than replying to people and saying, oh, you know, we understand it's frustrating, we're doing what we can to get it fixed, it's a priority. Um, they're more or less just, you know, straight down the line, just it's going to get fixed, all right? Yeah, it sounds like they're dodging it more than uh, you know, trying to... Just accept the fact that there's been a screw up, and mm. there's been a screw up after a game's been out for two months. And mm. I'm without sort of being too brazen with them and saying, "Hey, Gearbox, get your shit together." Um, I directly tweeted them saying, "I don't like the way your PR is going about this because people are obviously quite upset that they have invested hours into the game, and I." don't know what we've clocked we easily have done 150 hours in it yeah yeah we've done a lot we've done a lot and um to just get no recognition no apology um no acknowledgement i just think it's poor so Hmm. f you (laughs) fair enough cop that randy um, Speaking uh, of, uh, I've actually right got another one. <laughs> Speaking of FUs, uh, as I said last time, Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation on the Vita, I've been playing it. It has game-breaking bugs. So as much as I'd like to say it, tell people to buy it, uh, unless you just play the single-player campaign story mode and just play the story uh, and not any of the side missions, maybe you'll be okay. But uh, it has a, a thing. So, you know, in Assassin's Creed, they have collectibles, right? No. And, yeah. well, well, okay. In Assassin's Creed games, they have collectibles. <laughs> yeah, because some of them, yeah. That's what action-adventure games do. They they extend their game time by making you collect stupid shit <laughs> for very limited <laughs> fucking rewards. Anyway, it's something you get used to. And... So in Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation, you play as the chick, what's her name? I can't remember. I probably should be able to remember, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, Aveline. Her name's Aveline. Okay, there you go. I was going to say, like, Joan or something. It popped up. up. Anyway, so she has three personas that you can play as. Lady, Slave, and Assassin. And each each one of them is a different costume, and each one of those three personas has a different collectible to get so there's i don't know what they are i think the lady collects gems by like charming gentlemen and they go hey oh my god you're so charming here let me give you an expensive gem and you collect all of them and you unlock a different costume for the persona that persona great except that if you collect all the all of those items there's a fair chance that your save will be corrupted and every time you boot the game it'll go 
you know, single player load game, start loading and then reboot back to the Ubisoft logo. Oops. Never ending loop. Oops, that. you mean? Yeah, oops. 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 And so <laughs> at this point, there has not been any official response. Oh, and by the way, Ubisoft Forums Error 503 service unavailable. There you go. They're getting tanked. So that's great. Nice. Well, so, I've got a, I've yeah. got one. Um, I'm... <laughs> Just throw it all out there. This is this is I've, the fucking. I've never been a massive Halo fan, right? I, I like Halo. It's a decent game, um, but I always kind of felt that in the first one, I always felt the graphics were pretty shit. Um, I've never really liked the gunplay in it. I think it's really fucking clunky. Um, you know, issues, right? But I'm writing a review, and I'll get it all out there. Um, the game starts and it's your little hologram friend um, and then she wakes you up from status after what happened in the last one, number three, um, and <laughs> she presses a button and turns around and goes, wake up chief. Now, I don't know what is going on, but I had it up quite loud and I was listening quite intently because I wanted to know what was going on um, and she just basically turns around and goes, wake up Jeff. And I just started singing. Everybody's wiggling. And it just fucking destroyed the whole game for me. From that point on, everything that happened in that game was just a fucking joke. Well, because and... you haven't met you haven't met Blue Chief and Yellow Chief. <laughs> <That's> and... Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting it now though, seriously. Captain Feather Chief. Chiefly party. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Dorothy the Dino Chief. <laughs> there's, there's your new warthog right there. Oh. <laughs> oh, red, uh, big red uh, warthog. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, that's that's just a very small issue. Hey, there's, but, your, um, there's your episode title right there, Big Red Warthog. <laughs> I'm just glad that Cortana is finally something that nerds can beat off over. Is that inappropriate? Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry, I may have crossed the line. <laughs> but it's all right. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll talk about it more maybe later, but, um, yeah, it's uh, it's different. Um, I just recently finished, uh, speaking of games with bugs, just finished... Uh, a bug's a life. Kind of, no, yeah, I was about to side. say, what's that? What's that? Um, <laughs> uh, Bugs game on uh, the the Xbox Avatar game. It's been around for a while, but is it Bugs? Something like that. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ever. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, I finished uh, a band of bugs. Group, a group the game? of um, the Sherlock Holmes, a testament to Sherlock Holmes game. Um, I'd never really played a Sherlock Holmes game before, and it was kind of interesting. Was it um, elementary, dear Watson? <laughs> don't you know it? Um, <laughs> but it's um, I don't know the, the, the whole puzzle game type thing. Uh, they've done pretty well, and the story one was actually quite intense, and it really caught you and kept you the whole way through. And there was some twists and turns and stuff like that. And you know, it's not really a game that I'd probably sit down and play all that often, but it was at a friend's house and it was just on and there was like you know, people coming and going in rooms and stuff and uh, it, it just people would pick it up just to have a go at these different puzzles and then you'd move on to the next one and it was actually a really good medium for that kind of game. Um, 
but actually to get the idea of the storyline behind it and all that kind of stuff was something that I'd probably never really bother doing. Um, it was good. I really enjoyed it. So I've now got the uh, the Jack the Ripper um, story, which was, I think, like number three or four or something like that. What, um, you mean Sherlock Holmes meets Jack the Ripper? Uh, Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper. And oh, versus apparently, now. Yeah, apparently it was fucking huge. Like, they actually completely recreated from all the old maps old London town and you can walk around old London town and it's never ever been done before that game that they actually took an, a really old like legitimate city and remade it so I'm quite interested to have a look at that yeah they only did illegitimate cities whose parents That's were right. married exactly yeah. I know I just Those want to see Sher- I just want yeah. to see Sherlock Holmes and Jack the Ripper in a UFC cage fight so this, well, this is the older title, though, isn't it? It's it's an older title. It is, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's the one I have on Games on Demand. Oh yeah, and I loathe it. Yeah, <laughs> you should play it. It's fun. I did play it. <laughs> I did play it. Aside from it freezing. Yeah, well, that's the thing. These games guys, have. And whenever I talk to someone, they look cross-eyed. Yeah, I know they're they're great. It's so it's so. I, I'm sorry, I do not like that, that game yeah. at all. It is it's awful. A, something that did actually strike me as strange. I mean, this is a bit of an old game, as you said, but um, I started it and I just I put it on my like work laptop just to make sure it worked, and then I started it and then you know quit a couple of minutes into it, like the first kind of cutscene, and didn't think anything of it. But then when I went back in to actually give it a go and actually play it for a bit. Um, it wasn't actually a cutscene. Like it was the same direction of him moving down these streets and stuff as the credits are rolling at the start of it. Cause it's very kind of movie type yes. game. Um, so he's walking down these streets and it's just like an eye view of him walking down the streets. But um, the people, there was people in the same positions, but they're actually different people. And it, struck me as strange that a game that was you know, created years and years ago and is like, oh shit, a, a gig, maybe if that, um, is actually intelligent enough to, you know, not completely just have a pre-rendered, uh, you know, cutscene, which every fucking game in the universe is now doing because it's cheaper and easier to do. Um, they actually put a little bit of effort into it and and at least changed out some of the uh, the characters in these pre-made sections, which I thought was pretty cool. Very good. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Mm. That's done. Um, a, a bit of kudos to, um, is it 343? Uh, or 434? Three, four, four, what is three, it? 343. Four, three. Three, four, three. <laughs> yeah, uh, 1234. Two, I'm not doing the numbers. Um, yeah, uh, at the start of the Halo game, it's got no spoiler alert at all. Um, but it doesn't have a spoiler alert at the beginning of the game because that'd be it. it. Doesn't have a <laughs> if you continue playing this game, yeah. it may be spoiled for you. Exactly. If you get to the end, you'll know who did it. That's a spoiler. <laughs> um, it wasn't the butler. No, but at the very start, you press like start at the very first screen, and before it even goes into the game, there's a, a picture of this um, Master Jeff, and um, he's uh, standing there with his big gun and looking all cool and everything. And on the side of it, it says. Uh, to the player, uh, we hope you like playing this game as much as we liked pl- uh, making it. Um, thank you to everybody's support, the community, uh, previous developers, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's like 
two lines kind of thing, and and that's about it. But it's it's you know saying we know this is not our thing, and we're just taking it over. But we're going to do our best to try and do it. And thanks to everybody for you know, allowing us to, and we hope it's good. I I I did tweet something this week. Um, for those who don't follow me, <laughs> and I can understand why you wouldn't want to. <laughs> I've um, got the time to follow you, dude. <laughs> I do a lot of walking, you know. So. <laughs> no, I I actually think that this might be the best Halo. I seriously am finding it. I'm, a, I'm probably about a third of the way through. Um, it's, I'm not going to say it's perfect um, and that it's flawless, but I just am finding that entirely it's it's just much more disciplined design. Mm. And it just, it just gives me that little inkling feeling that – you know, like all this shit about Dennis Dyke at um, Silicon Knights is coming out and the horrible stuff with the Unreal Engine and, and Epic and all that sort of thing. And, you know, when it comes down to it, Eternal Darkness, which was such a great game, seems to owe so much more to the discipline of Nintendo. You know what I mean? I mean, look at Rare. Rare's great games were under the, you know, under the auspices of Nintendo. And as soon as they left, they made what? I mean, the ping pong game was great. I think that was Rare, wasn't that? That was Rockstar. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I'm sort of thinking, Bungie, yeah, you were really great, but mate, I don't know, they were caught up in something, in a few things, and I sort of don't want to say too much because I think Luke's going to um, review it, but I'm really enjoying it, really enjoying it. Yeah, good stuff. Well, I'll, I'll take those um, you know, comments on board when I write the review. And, it looks- <laughs> <laughs> and Tim said it was really, really good. <laughs> and I reckon it looks spectacular. Seriously, the Halos never look this good. No, no I, I have to agree with that. But then again, they've kept a lot of the uh, you know the things that actually do annoy me about the Halo universe. They have kept, um, uh, which to me means that it's going to be really, really close to the experience that a, a real Halo fan will get the most out of. Because, I like the line yeah. dancing. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the line dancing bits. Yeah. They're the worst. Although the um the the romantic interludes where it's just the solo performances, I quite like those. So I'm glad they're still <laughs> yeah. for those who haven't played Halo, it's a really good musical game. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah, but if you don't have a connect, then it's not really oh. worth it. Yeah. You need the microphone as well that came with lips. Yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll... damn straight. Yeah. Well, connect yeah, I can't has wait a until they bring it out on PS2. Oh, yeah, that's right. Connect has it. Yeah. But you still need the yeah, lips. It doesn't listen to me, so it's, it's my husband. I swear to God. No, no, no. Connect's <laughs> <laughs> sexist. Susie will be sitting there going cancel or, you know, Xbox home. It doesn't do anything. I say it straight away. Xbox so it, it knows. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll be I'll be talking mid sentence and it will open up the Bing search bar and I'm like cancel, cancel, cancel. I bet you if you said cancel! to me, Xbox, I'm ready to go to bed. Are you coming? It'd go hell yeah. But apart from that, it's not going to listen to anything. You know what? I feel like we can make an article about this, post it on N4G and NeoGaf, and just get a million hits. Sounds good. Gaff. <laughs> <laughs> the gaff kids love it. They'll just be like, "Yeah, that's right, women." <laughs> anyway, so oh, did I say and, that and in the last episode with um the the end of uh, Resident Evil Six? 
Did I mention it? I you no? mentioned it. You were to talking me. about Resi Six. Mm. I don't think you mentioned it on the show. Okay, it was very funny. Right at the very end, we were playing uh, through uh, the girls' campaign because um, there's three different people in it, and you can choose their campaigns to play, and it's co-op all the way through. Um, we we're playing the girls' one, and anyway, it's <laughs> no storyline, anything, but um, you actually finished the game. Right at the very end, the last bit of dialogue, she hands you something and says, um, you know, it's your destiny. Go for it, basically. Um, and the guy kind of looks down at his hand and the item that he's, he's looking at is like this other girl's phone number. And he kind of looks at it and then he just looks up at the camera and goes, women. And that was it. It stopped. And I fucking lost it. I thought, how cheesy has resident evil got what the <laughs> fuck is going on like that's the very last thing that sticks in your mind from playing all the way through this game is like pff, women <laughs> but resident evil's always been cheesy though like i remember oh God, people yeah. trying to have a go at the the voice acting in the very first one but it was supposed to be cheesy like it, yeah. to me resident evil is actually a bit of a take on um on American action films, you know what I mean? Like it, it just how over the top everything is and how ridiculous it is. And anyway, but yeah. And then it's... they made it into American uh, action films. Yeah, and then <laughs> Paul W. Out. says, Anderson married Milja Vovich and we're going to have about a million movies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, honey, what do you want to do this weekend? Let's make another Resident Evil movie. Yeah, that's Sweet. Right. Do it in 3D. Put on his bra and do backflips. No, I think it's a bit different. <laughs> I think I think um, he's a bit like the Connect, where she goes cancel, 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 and, and he just like, doesn't listen. And he just he's like, he's like, yeah, that's good. We'll use that. <laughs> Loading next episode. Cancel. Loading. Please next say episode. what you would like your next movie to be about. Period. Film. You said Resident Evil. Is this correct? <laughs> Did you say bus? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so like maybe we should have some kind of conversation about something. Well, we've been talking about that. Yeah. We've covered oh, all something the different. Okay, played. something different. Something no, different. Black Ops and Need for Speed hasn't been spoken. Yeah, about. I, I want to talk more about Assassin's ones. Creed Three as well. Oh yeah, yeah, and that one. But um, let's talk about Black Ops Two. Susie, you've played it. Yes. Has anyone else played it? No, I was supposed to last night, but it didn't happen. Uh, I took the day off yesterday, and everyone at work thought that I played it. But I didn't. <laughs> yeah, Funny see, how that I, happens. I was cutting it a bit fine this week, actually, because um, I really did want to take a day off work to actually play it. I, I got mine at the uh, <laughs> at the midnight launch and um, played a bit till about one in the morning. Thought, oh, I've got to go to work. And um, <laughs> it, see, I I have to book leave twelve weeks in advance. Twelve and- weeks. Yeah, and I remember asking for the Tuesday off so that I could do it, but apparently too many people had leave that day and I couldn't take it. Uh, <laughs> so, but the thing is, I no, but I don't work with gamers. Like the people are on annual leave at the moment, so they're actually off work for about a month, so they couldn't do it. And, so they can um, play through Assassin's Creed, Black Ops, Halo <laughs> Four. <laughs> um, no, it's. I th- I'm pretty sure it's births of new babies and a big oh, Greek wedding. Damn those. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, surprisingly enough, I actually asked my boss on Tuesday afternoon. I said, "Can I just take a day off?" And he's like, "Yeah, no worries." I was like, 
Gee, that was easy. And so yeah. and I felt really good about it because I thought, you know, I didn't have to do the dirty thing. They know what I do at work and I think that would have probably have been the worst thing I could have done is to call in sick when Call of Duty came out. So it all worked out <laughs> I well. I can just imagine it. <clears throat> I'm really sick. Holy fuck. Whoa. Sorry. Um, camping. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I, I won't be able to come in because I'm camping. <laughs> oh, that is bullshit. <laughs> you just hear ice cube in the background or something. <laughs> That's right. Um, actually, I think it's a sexy Ed Harris talking, but I don't know. He's not credited somewhere. I can find it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> At least it's not a non-sexy Ed Harris. Oh, no, he's lovely. I don't even know who Ed Harris is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I do. I see a photo of him. I know him. <laughs> well, it sounds like him. I think it's him. He's not on IMDb as credited this time around. He wasn't the first one. But anyway, that sexy Ed Harris voice in multiplayer is pretty cool. But um, look, for what I've played with it, and I will have something written up hopefully uh, either the review is going to go up or this podcast is going to go up. One, one or the other is going to happen because um, I'm maybe a third or a quarter of the way through the single player campaign at the moment. And I've already written two pages of notes. Um, So um, I'm really, it's all those uh, philosophical juices are just flowing at the moment when I'm playing that. Wow. Um, and it's not just because of Ed Harris. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, look, it, I'd, I'd take Ed Harris over bloody Sam Worthington any day. <laughs> wow. That's no comparison. That. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's weird. So, I, guess, <laughs> I guess in... Who else? Let's throw some more at her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're too old for the guy that does the voice of Elmo. Uh, let's oh, oh, wow. Current <laughs> affairs, guys. And I'm, I'm also Probably the wrong. wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. Need more bits. <laughs> My poor childhood. It's dying. I know. Um, Brings a whole new meaning to tickle me, am I? Oh, jeez. Oh, fuck. Is that the most told joke ever or what? <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> So I've played a little bit of multiplayer, and when I mean a little bit, I'm, I think, level 23 at the moment. And uh, Nine times like everyone else? No, I haven't, although I'm seeing <laughs> a few people that have, like, Prestige 3, and I'm just thinking, <laughs> you don't sleep, you don't eat, you don't fuck, you don't even brush your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yes, what's your point? <laughs> Uber, <laughs> BO uh, nerd. Times to bathe but that's only once a week yeah, that's right <laughs> and it hasn't reached that time yet <laughs> um and look it's it's fun it's it's pretty good a uh, brand new menu system that is not like um what did i say modern warfare 3's menu compared to modern warfare 2 with malibu stacy with a hat this has a nice new look about it. It doesn't look like a Call of Duty menu. It's something a bit different. Um, weapons. When you choose your class, you get 10 items. And what you choose to be those 10 items is either you know your primary ref- weapon, secondary weapon, your three perks, 
that's already five. Um, when you add an attachment, that adds to it as well. So you could actually have um, a perk or it's a it's a wild card that you can unlock where it will allow you to have two perks of that same class but you, you can't take something else with it so you could have lightweight which allows you to run faster um, and ghost at the same time and they're both in the same perk class however by doing that you need to take one away from somewhere else whether that's an attachment for your primary weapon or whether it's going to be one of the other perks that disappears so it's actually really good in that balance mm. that's with it um, so that's that's really nice. The other thing too, um, it's got the zombies component and it looks pretty good. The environments are now, um, I guess, one of them that they have brought in, you actually have to get on a bus that move, like that you travel around on this bus and zombies will actually run behind it and try and get in. So, and it's very small spaces, but um, look, Graphics are enhanced, they're a lot more crisp and it and that just happens every time there's a new Call of Duty that comes out. It just looks nicer than the one before it. So um, as far as the game modes go, Kill Confirmed, which was introduced in Modern Warfare 3, is back. Um, there are a couple of other new ones as well. And um, as far as the hardcore playlists go, there is only four game types at the moment, but if they do what they did with Black Ops 1, they'll add more as time progresses. Um, but certainly in the core playlist, there's a lot of choice. They also have Nuketown 2025, which is just 24-7 Nuketown. But the only game type you can play on there is Mosh Pit. So it'll still be Nuketown, but you might have a round of free-for-all, you might have a round of deathmatch, you might have a round of demolition, you might have a round of headquarters. It just goes one after the other, and it's crazy fun. <laughs> so um, I'm really liking it so far. I've, I've really got positive things to say about it. Um, I don't have positive things to say about the community because I'm still finding a lot of people sitting in corners. Um, look, it's a new game. Get out there and explore the map. Stop sitting behind things to get your kill streaks going. Um, but actually, no, I correct myself. They're not kill streaks. They're now score streaks, which is actually really good. Um, rather than getting kills, you unlock, you know, your UAV and your care package through score streaks. So that can be defending. It can be assists. That's it can good. be. Yeah. Um, a whole bunch of things like that. It doesn't necessarily mean the kills that you're getting. So I'm finding there's more emphasis on either capturing the headquarters or playing domination, you know, getting the position rather than actually sitting in a corner giving headshots. Um, it's going to be, you're going to be far more rewarded for actually doing other things and helping your team with assists and defending rather than sitting back doing nothing. So, uh, well done. You've just spent $100 on a game that you like to sit in the corner and watch everyone run past so you can kill them. Um, I hate people that do that. So, if you listen to our podcast and that's what you do, stop it. Fuck off and die. Yeah. <laughs> You're done speaking being told, right. people. <laughs> that's speaking right. Of, speaking of spending hard-earned money on Black Ops 2, uh, it turns out, maybe not in Australia, but in America... 
certain people started to install their PC versions of Black Ops 2 and it popped up the message saying insert second installation disc. So they grabbed their second disc, which was labelled Black Ops 2, put it in and it pops up the old autoplay for a CD or DVD on a PC saying Mass Effect 2. (laughs) Turns out for some unknown reason, the second disc was accidentally a Mass Effect 2 disc. So... That That's sucks awesome. for those people who stayed up for a midnight <laughs> launch and could not install it. Bioware, of course, took the opportunity to market their own game, which is funny. I feel like maybe it's a conspiracy theorist in me, but it feels like an EA conspiracy because EA and Activision are obviously the two biggest game publishers and Mass Effect is EA and Black Ops is obviously part of Call of Duty, which is Activision's biggest thing except for maybe Skylanders. <laughs> Which is, who can say? Because Skylanders is pretty fucking big these days. Anyway. It's giant. Yeah, it is giant. <laughs> so, uh, Skylanders giants available in stores. What new? Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so so BioWare, BioWare said, hey, if you are one of the fans that is affected by this, Take a photo of you holding your disc two, and you will receive a code for the PC copy of Mass Effect Trilogy. So, that's funny. That's fucking dirty. I'm sorry, but that's just. Why the hell would you do that? I know. It's... Why the hell would you do that? I don't like Mass Effect at all, and if that happened to me, I would be punching holes in every wall I could find. I saw it. Well, I did. <laughs> IGN posted a video of a guy who's like, he's posted on YouTube a, like a little f- recording on his phone or whatever, filming his screen and it says like, insert disc two. And then he puts it in and it pops up Mass Effect 2 and he's like, what the fuck is this? It says Mass Effect 2. That is not right. And then he starts just swearing about Treyarch fucking up. And I'm like, well, I mean, technically it's not probably Treyarch. Since no, it was the manufacturer of the discs, which is yeah. which is why, yeah. And exactly. they've basically taken advantage of the situation. Going, yeah. so oh. I, I kind of felt bad that he was dissing Treyarch, but I think it's pretty funny. And it is a yeah. capitalist America, so fucking good on Bioware for taking advantage because that's the American way. Anyway. I just reckon it's funny that probably half of them didn't even realize. They were just like, man, this Black Ops yeah. is really fun. I realized it be sci-fi. And who's this shepherd dude? Yeah, that's right. No, that's, that's poor. I, I mean, obviously it is, as Tim says, it's, it's the manufacturers made an error when printing the disc. Um, and I don't know. And I no guess one that... bothered to try and install but it. Activision haven't commented on it yet. And it's like, well... You would think that they'd be right on this, but I don't know how you deal with that kind of situation because by th- at this point, there's probably millions of copies of v- millions of versions of the PC version of it out there. Like it might not always. I don't think it's everybody not gets every it. Co- it'd be no, limited, it'd be but every- how can you tell who you know? But I have a feeling um, that given what Bioware have probably done with the codes and look, Activision is the I don't know. They're the CIA of of the games industry. They have cameras in your house, under your bed, and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, AR they, would, they would be fuming at Bioware for it, and oh, yeah. I don't think they want any legal uh, disputes in the news like they did recently 
uh, with Mady's overcall of duty. So I have a feeling that the cogs are turning on the Activision side of things. We just don't know about it as yet. But you know what? Fuck you, Bioware. That's just dirty. Yeah. I think it was only for the first 50 people or something. Yeah, wasn't. it probably yeah, it it would have been first early 50. print. It was the early first print. 50. It was just because it was just a bit of a, um, like, ha Call of Duty's the biggest game ever. Fuck them. That is so dumb. I know, but whatever. And why did they have to do it with Mass Effect? Why couldn't they have just thrown in some kind of small gimmicky game? It would so have been much better. old game, like Mass Effect yeah. 2. Why not Imagine Ponies or something? Come on. Yeah, you see? <laughs> something people that play Black Ops would enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Cease. Barbie horse adventure. But, it's, but that's also going to take advantage of people um, and their, I guess, misfortune with it. Like, why would yeah. you do that? I just I don't know how you respond if you're Activision to that kind of thing. Like because you've got guys and girls who they just go fuck are off. Just massive fans. <laughs> <and> they <laughs> they got more money than anyone. Yeah, no, that's not how you fucking deal with people. But it's like these guys, <laughs> they're, they're massive oh, fans. Wow. They're massive fans. Call of Duty is a massive franchise because of fans like this who are like fuck yeah, buy it on day one sort of thing. They get home and they're fucked and they can't play their game. So then they got to go out and buy another copy. And oh shit, I've only got a PC. Buy another PC copy. How do I know that one's going to be legit? You know. So then, like, how do you respond if you're Activision without? With I mean, obviously good. you're not. Ha ha ha. There's got to be some kind of bonus or reward. Like, not maybe not a, a massive bonus, but fuck these nine gamers. And judging by that dude's video, it's like, oh, fuck you, Treyarch. How do you fuck this up? Infinity Ward would never do that. It's like, ugh. You know, people, how do you deal with people like that? I'm, I don't envy them. Anyway, <sighs> subject change. I've just read this article and we can discuss it because why the fuck not? Uh, $20 million of federal funding for the Australian games industry from the federal government. How do we feel about that, guys? Not enough. Yeah. Um, I had a thought about that today, um, and it goes back to uh, a, a push they were trying to have a few months ago about film funding in Australia, that any government-funded films uh, for the Australian film, what, what's it, for the arts, whatever, whatever it is, must not contain actors or characters of the film smoking. So I'm wondering if this $20 million grant to fund game development, are there going to be restrictions for R18 classifications for what they create? Uh, it's possible, but I think the um, the financial yeah requirements will probably be more difficult. Like, you know, you probably have to pay it back, which... There have been similar schemes like um, uh, it, I think Jolly Rover by Brawsome, either that or one of the other local games. Um, they they were received grants, but they did have to pay it back, and they did, which is great. Um, so it isn't exactly free money. 
the other thing is that yes, you're you're quite right, Susie. There, there's suspicion that there's going to be heavy requirements as to what you can do with it. Like, it must be. You know, I, my Twitter feed lit up because I follow a few lecturers and um, and PhD students and things. And you know, there was a, there was a bit of snark about how yeah, you know, you can have two million dollars, but it, it you know it it must be hosted on you know the ABC website or something. You know, so. Oh, I, look, that's the snark. So we we don't really know what the requirements are yet. But um, I don't I don't really know. I I've I've two minds of this whole funding thing. I mean, and I hate to no, I don't hate to sound like a fanboy, but I find that Sony Pub Fund for Papo and Yo and um, Incubation is more about mentorship. It's more about. Mm. We're going to lend you a hand, both financially and also from a from a discipline perspective, from a skills perspective, and at the same time, you then have access to resources. And yes, of course, and there's nothing wrong with it. We're all in it to make money. I, I've, I just don't know about this whole put my hand out, get some money, and we're going to make something awesome. And I, I don't know. I, I don't think it, that's really been super proven yet. Either that, or I'm mm. just a very harsh, you know, very Maybe difficult person. Please, it'd be interesting to see the. The the fat well hit and miss ratio kind of thing of that kind of, of that sort of thing because you know there's some pretty good indie developers in Australia who've received funding in the past and the reason that this interests me now is because earlier in the year we heard that funding was pulled from vid- yes. the video game industry so you know it's it's interesting to see, it'll be interesting to see the results of it but um, like the thing with the incubation program with Sony. It's like Giant Sparrow. They spent. It was I mentioned in the pre one of the previous shows that it was four years that they took to develop Unfinished Swan, and and Sony grabbed them out of basically out of high school, and they had this just this little demo prototype of their game, and they were like, "This is our idea," and then you know it grew from that. And I feel like Sony probably took a a pretty maybe not a big hit because it was only a small team, but it was like they supported this team put aside X amount of money to fund them and then, you know, a year and a half in, they're like, so how are you going? You're going to be ready to release this game in six months? And they're like, uh, no, sorry. And it took another, you know, it took four years. So, I, you know, the money eventually runs out in, a, in terms of a situation where you're just getting funding. But when you have that kind of support behind you, the support structure of, of the incubation program, I yeah. feel like that's more helpful. So it, the interesting incubation. Thing would, well, the, what they've said is the the GDAA. I think it's GDAA, the Game Development Association of Australia, with um, Tony Reid. Yeah. He um. Yeah, he, the CEO of of GDAA, Tony Reid. He's talking about working with Screen Australia to figure out how they're going to implement the funding and that kind of thing. And and. I suppose it'll probably be just like, oh, yeah, the same as how Film Victoria were doing it before with like, you know, you present your case and then we decide if we give you X amount of cash. You know, maybe, oh, you've got this idea for a for a mobile game, we'll give you 50 grand or 200 grand or something. But right. it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see something like the incubation program implemented, but I don't know if they're... You know, the, where you get developers of- like Halfbrick and, and and the larger developers in Australia to, you know, maybe lend a little bit of a hand to support smaller developers. The thing about 
incubation is one, it's private, and two, it's a conscious investment. You know, they they Sony make a decision, or a board or a creative team at Sony makes a decision to support a team, their philosophies. It is a three game. Um, agreement so I, I it's i don't think it's just oh we're very talented we've got this one idea and fuck knows what we're going to do in future you know um so they they really want to invest in something that's worthwhile uh I'd, look and i'm not trying to slam the new program at all it's just that until there are some details as to how you get the money and what happens it could be great um it could be really really great mm. Mm. Well, it's it's money being potentially thrown at the Australian uh, game development industry, which is nice because some good shit comes out of Australia. We don't, we don't get a lot because there's not a lot of government support, you know, like Canada is really good with tax breaks and stuff like that for, um, for developers. And that's why a lot of people go over there and plus our our dollar and all that kind of stuff. Well, Papa and Yo was also done with the Canadian film fund as well. So there's, there's that side of it. Because um, I think that obviously the pub fund is a, a lot smaller contribution than incubation, and yeah, and it's not a um, they don't get access to resources. So mm. yes, yeah, very interesting. And I mean, obviously it's all business, so it's about returns. But I mean, Papa and Yo might not have returned as much as they expected, mm. but just to be able to give that type of game a place is worthwhile, I think. Maybe yeah. it depends how you look at it. I mean, obviously they're running businesses, so it's like, well, we can't. We need to make money, but I you don't do, know. It depends on what the what the actual um, kind of aim of the pub fund is from a from a business point of view. I mean, is it is it like a charity sort of situation where they're like, you know, this this will probably be a loss, but we'll do it anyway because it encourages creative thought, creative thought. Well, even even large film companies have this business model where they have properties that they release simply because they know they will make money, and they have pro- yeah, and they have properties that they release because they believe in releasing them because they know there will be a small number of people who will really enjoy them and be enriched by them, and they're not likely to recoup their costs. That's to me, I like that business model. You yeah. know, for uh, I, I don't. And uh, when you look at some of the stuff that EA's done, some of the stuff, you know, they started off, their front foot was in um, Dead Space and Mirror's Edge were the two big risks that they took. And I liked it because to me, you know, they've got their evergreen titles, they've got their sports titles, and it seems like they're... And they're doing it all over the place. They're doing it in in lots of different scales on mobile platforms, etc. I want to see that. And part of me thinks that... The incubation program, Sony Pub Fund, even even a lot of what Microsoft is doing, like with Fez. Indie I know it's games. been in, yeah. In, we don't get them in Australia, but in America yeah, they have yeah. the Xbox Live indie games, and they maybe maybe they're not they're never going to make the billions of dollars that AAA games make, but maybe we all are acknowledging that we just want them to be there. We want them to be a part of our culture mm. so that you can play a AAA game and you can also play a bizarre, surreal boutique game or a highly aspirational game or a really intimate game like Papo and Yo, you know. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's a healthy thing. So if, if this funding is a part of that where we go, okay, the government believes that 
people in Australia have great ideas. Maybe they're not going to make the next Call of Duty and that's okay, but maybe they'll make a game that we invest money in and it's a worthwhile cultural contribution, you know. Yes, that may border very uh, closely to um, artiste wank, but, you know, you've got to take that risk, I think. I think it saves a lot of cynicism in the industry as well, that kind of yeah. stuff. Anyway, so that's a good little chat we've had just then. I like that. We like we like to mix it up here at Dropbow Gaming. Hell yeah, it was totally planned too. It was yeah, planned. that was literally <laughs> the agenda. I've doubled the amount of uh, lines that are in it from the <laughs> yeah, from the one, things. two, three, four, five, six. There were seven lines originally, and now there's like fifteen because I added empty space between each line. <laughs> so uh, the next thing we'll talk about, I think I should talk about Assassin's Creed Three just quickly. Uh, I mentioned the Vita one earlier. I'm about two-thirds of the way through it on PS3, the Assassin's Creed 3, the legitimate non-fucking game-breaking bug version. And uh, it, it hasn't it hasn't probably received a critical, a highly um, positive critical sort of response. Yeah. Um, but I'm enjoying it. It's set in, obviously, the American Revolution, which I didn't know shit about because I'm an Australian. <laughs> but, and don't care. Yeah, well, I don't know pretty much very much about the Australian history because of, you know, education is not a thing. Um, <laughs> but the American Revolution is pretty interesting. There was th- there's things that I've been learning playing it. Like, obviously, it's a fictional game. There's a lot of stuff in it that are, is embellished. But as you play, if if you played any of the old Assassin's Creed games, maybe not Assassin's Creed One, but I think Assassin's Creed Two had it. Basically, you'll you'll come across events and places, and you'll you'll be able to read little blurbs about those things where it explains it. And in Assassin's Creed Three, they go into very deep detail about each of the different things. Like you might meet a character, and then it'll pop up with a little message saying, you know, Animus database updated with this person, and you you can read about the different people. And because Assassin's Creed was developed in Canada, which, you know, is not America, there's a little bit of um, less bias than you would think you would see. And uh, in Assassin's Creed, one of the support characters is this guy named Sean, and that's in the kind of Desmond world, which is you play as Desmond going into the Animus, which lets you relive the memories of your ancestors. And... Sean is in de- like current times with Desmond, and he up he is the character that updates the database. So each thing you read is in his words, and he's a British character. So obviously that leads to a lot of pretty fucking lame jokes from him about you know how the tea part Boston Tea Party where they dumped a lot of tea into the ocean as a uh, kind of act of. Uh, rebellion against the British government's taxes and stuff. He's like, oh, you know, as a British person, it it hurts me to fucking think about all that tea wasted. You know, the stupid jokes like that. But a lot of it, you know, they don't they don't pull a lot of punches in their kind of view of history. And I kind of have been really enjoying that sort of thing, learning stuff that's not just blatantly. Americanized. Americanized, yeah. And so I've really been enjoying it. And plus, you know, these 
like I'm a bit of a history buff, so to be able to learn about history while playing games is just fucking great. So I'm enjoying it immensely. There's a lot of things that are annoying. It's got your standard Assassin's Creed controls where you'll fucking be trying to run and then accidentally run up a wall for no reason because you accidentally tap the wrong direction and things like that. But you get used to it as you play. And if you can look past that and enjoy Assassin's Creed, I think you'll enjoy Assassin's Creed 3. Um, we should have a review up on the site for it by Ratchet in you know the coming whenever, hopefully soon. So uh, we'll see what he says about it. But personally, I'm enjoying it. And yeah, it's if you like Assassin's Creed, I think you'll enjoy this. And it's nice. been working good, so that's good. I don't really need to go into it too much more. Maybe when I've completed the story. I'm about two-thirds of the way through, like I said. Um, there's a twist about a third of the way through that I saw coming a fucking mile away, but whatever. It's one of those things like, oh, my God, did you expect this? And I'm like, yes. They're like, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I did. I actually did. I saw it coming. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Keep going. Anyway. Uh, Sounds like an Assassin's Creed moment. So, oh, that's a bit harsh. I don't know about that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's fun. It's got all the things that you like and that you don't like. It's got collectibles and it's got running around. And actually, it's they've introduced... It's funny when you start playing it, you get a, a message from the, the nerd chick in Desmond Times. You get like an email from her because you have emails in the game that you can read when you're playing as Desmond. And you exit out of the Animus and you can read your emails and one's from this nerd chick who runs the Animus sort of thing and it says, hey, you know, kind of an in-game explanation like retconning for the changes in the Animus this version, like the fact that there's animals and weather changes and stuff like that that weren't in the previous Assassin's Creeds and it's like, hey, uh, while you were, you know, not in the Animus, we updated... I took the time to update the, the operating system, so now it has things like animals and stuff like that. And I just think, well, that's handy, the fact that you can kill bears and stuff in the f- memories where you're playing in an area that has animals, because it'd be pretty fucking boring if there was no animals and you're running around in the frontier. So... <laughs> that's uh, true. Yeah, but it's pretty fun. I'm enjoying it. There you go. Uh, well, what next, guys? What do we want to talk about? We've talked about Black Ops 2. We've talked about Assassin's Creed 3. We've talked about Halo 4. We've still got to talk about Neva Speed Most Wanted. I suppose I can start with the uh, the Vita version I've been playing. Uh, Susie's review, obviously, is up on the site. For those of you who are interested in finding out what she thinks, check it out there. But... Uh, the Vita version, I've been enjoying it, personally. Like, it's not... It feels ridiculously close to Burnout Paradise. I've got to admit it. Like, Criterion... Criterion developed Hot Pursuit, which was the last Need for Speed, was it? Is that right, Tim? Yes. Which was 2010, oh, well, it, right? Yeah, I think it was the last major one. I don't know whether there were in-betweenies, but... Yeah, I don't yeah. think so. Anyway, so they, they did the Hot Pursuit, and then... I think before Hot Pursuit, they did Burnout Paradise because I think that came out before it. I don't know. I feel like Burnout Paradise has been out for fucking ages. It has. But they supported it really, really well and that kind of built a lot of faith in Criterion for me because 
you know, with Burnout Paradise, they brought out DLC for a long time for it and patches and stuff like that. They introduced entire new gameplay elements like motorbikes and the the whole daytime nighttime shift that was never in the original version they brought all that stuff out and they patched it in for free yes you know so there was all this after sale support for it which is just you know it's kind of unknown in games these days so i have a lot of faith in criterion i never played hot pursuit so i can't judge on that but i thought you know criterion most wanted will be pretty good and the reason that I say it's a lot like Burnout Paradise is because, you know, this crashing through fences and billboards and stuff like that. And it's like, well, you know, that's collectibles in a game. Like I said before, you either like them or you fucking hate them, whatever. Um, but the actual gameplay itself, I feel like I've been having a lot of fun with it and you get... You don't get a lot of downtime. Like, if you want to do something, as long as you're not being chased by the cops and have to fucking spend time trying to dodge them until you're free, the, the menu system in it allows for you to get into more races really, really quickly, which I enjoy. Really? On, this is on Vita? Well, you know how you... It's got... What do they call that little thing in the top corner? Is that the event log or some shit like that? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, there's a little menu up the top and you press sideways on your D-pad to bring it up. I don't know about on the console versions. But anyway, you bring it up and it doesn't pause the game or anything so you're still driving around while you're looking at it. And you can go to races and then select a race and more often than not I've found you can just jump to races... It, it it either brings up a thing saying set destination, which presumably means it's a race that you haven't done before because each car, you, you find each car and then you do certain races with it to unlock new stuff, new mods for it, which are all the same for every car, which is fucking one of the things that I think is a bit soft with it. You know, the customizability is a bit limited, but... Um, you can either set destination or, or jump to a race. And if you've set the destination, then you have to drive to it, obviously. But sometimes you can just jump to the race. So I find it, I found it as I was playing, like I'd finish a race and be like, okay, I've dodged the cops. I'm free from that. I've finished that race. I want to do the next one. Go in and it'll just let me jump straight to it. So I didn't find a lot of downtime with that. Really? Because um, I, from the little that I've played of the console version, you have to drive to all of them. Like you can't jump to races or you have to find races. I don't know what it was. It was a bit pox, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, be I did <laughs> So the idea is there's the 10 top most wanted people, the top 10 most wanted races in the, in the town or city or of Fairhaven or whatever the fuck it's called. And... <laughs> Depending you for everything you do in game, you get speed points, and once you reach X amount of speed points, you unlock the next most wanted race, and then you race that person, beat them, and then you have to take down their car after the race, which, by the way, is super fucking annoying. <laughs> beat them in the race. What are we racing for? Pink slips, or are we racing for fucking nothing? Come on, let's let's fucking get real here, guys. I'm a street racer. <laughs> wow. Just like in real life. So, like, you can be on the complete wrong side of the city for it and it'll be like, oh, no jump to race. You must drive to the destination and it's fucking a million miles away. By the way, if you speed past a cop car, he's going to chase you and then you're fucked. Yep. Which is something that I noticed when I played it on the Vita at the fucking EB Expo. I was like, man, these cops are pretty fucking annoying. Anyway, Susie, what do you think about Most Wanted? 
pretty much what I said in the in the review of it. It's um, yeah. It find it sorry. Did you find it frustrating with the the set to destination, or did you notice the jump to race thing a lot? Because Tim was saying he didn't notice that at all. I it's it's not a uh, well. I, I understand it can be done, and I think I did it once more or less by accident, but I found the navigation system just too frustrating um, when it came to it. So it was almost easier just to uh, drive there, but it's not – maybe maybe it's because I just prefer, uh, like with Hot Pursuit, the option that you have – the map locations and you choose a race from those locations yourself. You know, it's not this either drive to or jump to and trying to find cars. And um, I just, I probably found a lot of it really, I probably found it just boring more than anything. And I loved the coastal runs in, in hot pursuit. And also um, it looked, you know, thinking back to the old burnout two days um, that I've you know, I played a lot of that game and I suppose that's my preferred style when it comes to a racing game, not this um, let's play a game be, be, that if you did it in real life, you would be abs- – you'd probably be killed by the police once they actually did get, get a hold of you. Um, I don't like urban racing very much. Mm. And I just – I think the screen was too littered. There was too much emphasis on on competitiveness with people without even um, playing, you know, just playing single player. I wasn't even on multiplayer or anything and it was telling me how I had, you know, sitting at 12th place on my friend's scoreboard and I'm thinking, I don't care. Like I really could care less what speed someone else got Mm. Um, just because I went through a a speeding camera like, and it just flashes on the screen and you're like, oh, what was that? And, ah, no. Yeah, I did notice a lot of things like that as well. It's too busy, too busy. It seems like the focus is very much on the social side of it because Hot Shoot had the whole auto log thing. And obviously, I didn't play it, so I can't comment too much on that. But it wasn't too; it wasn't as in your face. Yeah, it happened, it happened outside of racing. That's the important thing. It happened in the menus when you were choosing your race before you started it. It would tell you where everyone else was, and I think that was fine. It was discreet, you know. Once you jump in a fucking car, you should be racing it, uh, not have all these prompts up that says, you know, three of your friends have parked on this spot nine times more than you have. Like, fuck, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> You know, mm. nine of your friends have bought three air fresheners. Okay. <laughs> your car is taking a photo of its dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Now we're being harsh. No, but like that was that was sort of the feeling of it, and it was just very much a I don't care about this, and I just want to race. Let me race a car. Let me race a car. I don't want to know about someone else and how fast they did. Um, oh, look, there's a car that apparently I can go and collect. Oh, look, it's a shitty hatchback that I can't drive to save my life. And uh, it's just... Well, it's a funny story. I beat the Bugatti Veyron with a fucking BMW M3. <laughs> so I don't know how the fuck that happened because I'm pretty sure the Bugatti is one of the fastest cars on the fucking planet. I think it's fast in a straight line, but... Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No, it crashes like a mofo. 
does not handle very well at all. Um, I found Crash. I crashed an awful lot in it, and um, oh man, it sucks when you're being chased by the cops and you crash. Like you were saying about it being frustrating, when you mm-hmm. crash and then sometimes I don't even know what the fucking standards are for this, but sometimes you'll crash and it'll reset you to the center of the road to keep going. Yeah. And sometimes it'll just like be like, okay, keep going from where you are. So you have to like reverse away from the wall and then drive away. It's like, what the fuck? And if the cops are around you and they pin you into the spot, by the time it's gone through the cutscene of you crashing and then you get to start driving again, it brings up a little meter at the bottom for when you're getting busted by the cops. And once the meter's full, you're busted. And sometimes I notice, I don't know if this is just the Vita version. Stop me if I'm, if I'm wrong. But uh, you get past the cutscene or the cinematic of you crash. It's like, okay, drive now. Meanwhile, the fucking busted meter is like three quarters of the way full. So unless you like hit the nos straight away, you're fucked. Mm. Is that the same on the on the console? Yeah, pretty pretty much, pretty much. I think that was that was pretty much the same thing. Um, this, I guess another super th- annoying, you know. Well, I found um, one of the things, and you know, maybe it was just a matter of a bad habit. And it should I shouldn't have just assumed that it would have worked. But um, I remember one of the um, – I was in a race and, I, you know, there was a path that sort of veered to the left. Um, all would have ended up at the same point. So I thought, oh, I'll take this shortcut because you could do that in Hot Pursuit. You could take mm. shortcuts. Um, and I did that and it flashed up saying wrong way, even though I was heading in the exact same direction as the race was going. Um, (laughs) and eventually I crashed into, I don't know, a piece of brick that just magically appeared in front of my car and it resetted me back to where I actually took the initial shortcut. So I was more or less about 30 seconds behind the rest of the the cars racing. And I thought, there's no point. Because I'm going to come last, and I'm going to have to do this shitty race all over again. That's just the AI a, is bullshit a, a as well. loop. It you was. It was all it was. Just a crappy loop amongst buildings and all that stuff. Like I don't care about going into restricted areas and smashing billboards. That's that's not the spirit of a racing game, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You know what it feels like is happening is that. It's a game that because it's very pretty for starters. It's a yeah. game that I think. If everything comes together really well for you, you find the race, you race the race, you take out some dudes, you win the race, and then you lose the cops and all this shit. If you can chain all of that together and nothing goes wrong, it it probably feels really awesome. Because there are so many open world things, you know, there's... The, the cops and the fact that the cops keep chasing you after the race and all this shit and you're having to take down the racer. As soon as you do something that's wrong, in a sense, you know, as soon as things start to go right, there's just no way for the game to accommodate it and still keep you engaged in something fun. Mm. So, you know, as soon as something goes wrong, then it just turns into a bore, you know. Anyway, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. It's and I put a little image because um, every time I, I write an article, I'll, I'll put it on my own site. But um, when I did the review for Drop Bears and and linked it to my site, I put a picture of um, Grand Prix Circuit, which was the first racing game I actually really played. <laughs> I put a screenshot of that on there, and um, you know that was that was racing. 
and you know a game that's over 20 years old and I thought I, I would still play that over most wanted <laughs> yeah Dist. well for it moist wanted <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Well, uh, that's that's, that's the show. That's, that's a, the title that's, right that there. That should be the title. Mo- moist wanted. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna write that down. Moist wanted. Yeah, I think sweet. I think that's probably how I could sum it up. Actually, it should be called Susie's, more wanted. Susie's review. Moist wanted. It should be called Need for Speed More Wanted. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's that's the games that we've been playing. What have we got? Halo 4, Black Ops 2, Assassin's Creed 3, Need for Speed, Most Wanted. Uh, there was that quick mention of Resident Evil 6, which shall never be spoken of again. <laughs> Has anyone else been playing anything that they want to talk about, or are we done? Uh, we're pretty much done, I think. I've, I've got a new uh, PS Vita, so I want to start trying to play some of that shit. Hey, hey. I have one last, last, last thing to say. Oh. Susie got me into the saboteur, and it's freaking excellent. Seriously, folks, oh. go find it. Go find it in a bargain bin, buy it, and play it. And you're not allowed to not like it, otherwise, I'll punch you in the face. Well, that's not lying. That's, that's a spot. fucking hell of a review, dude. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Oh, it's good. It's really good. Well, we can talk about it probably more at length later on in another episode. But um, it's good, and and it'll be cheap now, so there's no excuses. Hmm. It was cheap when it came out, dude. Oh, guess what also came out today, guys? Or Wonderbook. What is that? Uh, It's the augmented reality book thing that you can use with the PlayStation Move. And the initial game with it is, what's it called? Book of Spells, written by J.K. Rowling. And it's basically a big-ass book that you put down on the floor in front of your PSI, and you wave your fucking move like a wand, and it's like an interactive thing. Good for kids, I reckon, but probably shit. Hopefully, I'm going to get a review thing of it because I'm never going to fucking, <laughs> never going to use it if I don't get that a is review an, copy. So that's an awesome preview, man. That's how all previews yeah. have got to be. Like, you know, you just got ten seconds, sum it up, and you know, and then we'll tell you what it's like. Well, probably good, but look, probably shit. to be to be fair, for, for a hardcore gamer, it sounds like a steaming pile, and a lot of people complained because it was a pretty major component of their last E3 fucking, um, what do you call it? Conference? Yeah, they spent like 15 minutes playing Wonderbook, which is a fucking massive downer. I just I just want to say something then, because you, you used the comment, you know, a hardcore gamer would find it, was it disappointing or something? Yeah, like a piece of shit or gay or something. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this is, this is where society, as far as gaming, goes wrong because I would say a hardcore gamer embraces all game types. Yeah. Now we're getting to We're talking about game literacy now. Getting deep into it now. Yes. I'm talking – okay, sorry. By hardcore gamer, I mean the ones who are like – Traditional game. Do headshots. Fuck you. I'm going to fucking teabag you. Yeah, I'm going to teabag this this book of magic. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, fucking I love women. They're so sexy and I hook up with them all the time. Not really. I've never slept with someone. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But I'll teabag no, every man that tries to take me. The thing about the Wonder Book is I, f- I think it's a really interesting idea. Like, it's so, like not to be a massive fan- fanboy, like this is the same thing Tim said before. I don't want to sound like a massive fanboy, but... Uh, you know, Sony have, I mean, obviously the move was, 
you know, you could easily see it as a Wii ripoff. But um, I feel like Sony have some pretty innovative ideas. The only thing is they don't support them well. So they go, check out this fucking cool thing. Oh, sweet, we're on to the next thing. And yeah, uh, right. and they don't support their stuff. But the Wonderbook is... Cool thing. Give us your money. Yeah, buy this thing. Wait, look, we found a new thing to... Look, shiny. ADD. Um but it's better than Activision to go check out this new thing and have this for nothing. Yeah, and have a massive to this. Hey, that, all of that being said, like Skylanders is actually pretty awesome. Like yeah, it's a no, great true. fun game. I I'm yes. probably not gonna no I'm I'm not going to buy it myself. I've got friends who have it, so I get to play it at their place. But that is something that is for kids, but it does work, and it's not like it's. You know, uh, if you're a bit older, it looks rough around the edges. It actually has some exceptional voice acting and the the dynamic, the gameplay design is actually quite good. So, you know, hopefully it can be something like that. I'm all for it. You know, why not make kids games that are great but are actually highly polished? Yeah. I don't know about highly polished. It uses the PlayStation Eye, which has a resolution of 640 by 480. <laughs> But um, I think that's the resolution. It's pretty fucking shit unless you have like perfect natural lighting. Uh, but anyway, I've I've requested a review copy for it because I'm not going to purchase it. Let's be honest, guys. It's not for me. I don't even have kids, <laughs> and I don't plan to anytime soon because I'm single. And if I have kids while I'm single, that means I made a horrible error. Thanks. Yeah, I'm not even morality lesson there. Uh, Jesus. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm going uh, to see if I can get a review copy of Wonderbook and I'll play it and I'll be not a douchebag about my review. I'll look at it from a point of view of, you know, its potential in the in the, in the the world. Um, cool. So, remember, wow. And I'll let Hold you know it as well, probably. Remember how cute in Spyro, you know, a hundred years ago, how cute it was when he tried to blow fire. Yeah. Uh, so adorable. That was the yeah. best. You could run around and burn the sheep, but they wouldn't actually burn. No. So, cool. Yeah, that was great. God, I'm old. No, I remember the first fire and it was Don't fantastic. stick up for a dude. Yes, she is. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's not as old as me, God damn it. No, but I just realized I was in year seven when I first played. I was in primary school when I was playing Spyro. Uh, yeah, you know, it's some, funny. Some of my us don't son, talk about primary school anymore. My son started playing Spyro 1 on the PS1. One? Yeah. yeah. And it was fairly new at that stage. Yeah. So you're not that old, year, dude. I was in year seven, <laughs> year eight when I was playing it. And then I played Spice World. I did a workout PS1. today and I went and <laughs> We just brushed myself, over the and... Spice World thing there. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We heard anyway, it, I we did, this, did like, hear um, it, and we let it body go. Body mass index thing, and my mate put my age in the thing, and he goes, oh, how old are you? And I was like 36, and he goes, <laughs> and just typed it. And I was like, fuck you, dude. What's going on here? Why do you have to laugh? Because I'm 36. It's terrible. I dropped a mate off at the pub the other night, and another mate was like, oh, man, I can't go tonight. And someone was like, oh, you're just a baby. And I was like, hey, man. I didn't go either, but I guess I'm just an old man. And he's like, we're not old. And I'm like, dude, you're like seven years younger than me. I think, I think you forget that I'm actually really fucking old. <laughs> what, you, what you could hey, what, say. What kind of kids I mean, are you hanging out with? 
because you're actually older than me, Matt. I know you're you're a bit older. So if anyone says that that you're a baby, you could say, well, yes, I am 30 centimetres long and 8.9 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think anyone's ever called me a baby, but if they do... (laughs) And then after you say, go in your face, just walk away. (laughs) <laughs> and your you mom got owned by a fetus. What? <laughs> <laughs> and at 30 centimetres, you're probably a bit preemie. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, man. Uh, I, don't like about, I don't like to talk about my, my problems. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that'll do us for this episode, I think. I've, I've had a good time, so I appreciate you guys for joining me. If you guys want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that. We all have Twitter. Um, I'm Matt underscore DBG. Susie, what's your t- Twitter these days? Susie Kate. Susie Kate? Yeah. Yes, yeah, Susie Kate. Because you, you changed it and then you changed it back, hey? Yeah, I did. I think yeah. if, if anyone wants to see our Twitters, I mean, I'm going to, I should probably mention the rest of you. What's yours, Tim? Is it still. Um, uh, it's actually Vronis, V-R-O-E-N-I-S. And I keep accidentally typing it N-I-E-S, like Vronies, my little Vronies. <laughs> uh, I love my yeah, little Vronies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Luke is, what, at BQ410, which you probably never uh, check anyway. Yeah. Uh, what's Tweeter? Tweets, tweets. Yeah. Anyway, you can they, email us. They like small movies. No. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, you can <laughs> you can email us at podcast at dropbeargaming.com. You can also follow us uh, the at dropbeargaming and like our Facebook page, dropbeargaming. If you haven't done so already, hey, welcome to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure our general listeners have already followed us. Also, rate and review us on iTunes because that'd be cool. Uh, or rape that. and redo us. Oh, <laughs> oh no. no. no, no. Why well, you got to go down that path again? <laughs> anyway, uh, that's been an episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye. 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 <laughs> 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 you sound like you're falling down a hole. That's awesome. <laughs>